All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Paul here from realestatepodcastshow.com. Um, today I've got the uh, privilege of having um, someone that I've been following on Twitter for a while and had the chance to uh, discuss a few things with and thought it would make uh, a great podcast to uh, bring him on and uh, sort of share some of his uh, incredible stories. Um, and we're going to get into the good ones and, and maybe a few that uh, – I haven't been talked about, but uh, I want to welcome Tom Brickman to the podcast, uh, and you will know him on, um, uh, on, 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 of course, on Twitter as the Frugal Gay, and it's eleven. It is the Frugal Gay was taken, okay. so I'm the Frugal Gay eleven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, again, you're the only one I know, but uh, as you said, there's other people that did it. So. Um, Thanks for joining me, Tom. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down with me here and uh, do a, a cross, uh, I guess I call it a cross-border um, episode of the podcast. I'm not sure. Have you been on any Canadian podcasts yet? I know you've been on others. Uh, um, not that I'm 100% like maybe, certain maybe, uh, of. Maybe but... a question you might not know. <laughs> yeah, I could have been, and I'm just not sure. Could have been. I know yeah, that, that's okay. Um, and, and... I know there's a lot of listeners up there, and I get a lot of questions from Canadian investors, so I know they're finding me some way. I know, and I, and again, obviously, I hope more of them do because, uh, again, you've got, uh, again, such uh, great material and such great stories that, uh, you know, I hope this helps uh, sort of open some of those, uh, you know, conversations because that's really all – I figured out this thing does is, is start a bunch of sort of conversations on the side about maybe something we talked about um, or maybe something that we should have talked about. But anyways, uh, I guess we'll start from, again, the, the usual beginnings right of, uh, of a podcast is I want to sort of go over uh, a little bit about you and sort of where, where your, uh, uh, you know, where your um, uh, beginnings um your beginnings for your um, for your career and and how uh, you know and how 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 you got to okay. where you are. Um, so I started in real estate at 21. I bought a duplex in Toledo, Ohio, while I was a senior in college. I worked at the Gap at the time. I made 850 an hour, and I did not want to pay rent. So that was the motive there. It was not to build wealth. It was <laughs> not to um, do anything other than paying less in rent. And that was my, okay. how I decided to pay less rent. Um, okay. I bought it for $90,000. I put $9,000 down. I cashed in my gap stock, which I was purchasing since I started working there. And um, I lived upstairs. My tenant downstairs paid $600. My mortgage, my tax, my insurance was $738. So that was the beginning and it went well. I didn't know anywhere I could live for $138. And after that, I got cocky and I bought another property at 23 in Cleveland because it went so easy in okay. Toledo. I'm like, well, I'm going to move over to Cleveland. I want to do this again. And that one was a disaster. That one I lost okay. um, a ton of money on when I bought it trying to sell it. I lost money on it every year that I owned it. I owned it from 2005 to 2015. And when I finally threw the towel in in 2015 and sold it, it was like 
the happiest day ever because I knew that it could cost me no more money. So it, they yeah. were not all home runs. And I've had plenty of duds yeah. between the crack house on eBay and that one in t- 2005 that were not good ones. And that happens with this. Well, okay. So then let's, I guess let's start with that. So your first um, investment, your first jump in the pool, 21, and it was in Toledo, Ohio. And was that the main, was that like, cause I know there's a lot of research. I know going back to me and I started a bit later than you at 24. Um, I just sort of started about uh, five minutes away from where I grew up. Cause I, I felt like that was my safety zone. Um, so what made you choose Toledo uh, for, for, for what reason at I, the time? Cause obviously it might be different now, but. I was going to school there and i had friends there and i had a little crew of people i could lean on so when i moved away from toledo i still knew that i had backups there and i had kind of a rocky team but at least i had someone in place where i didn't have that in other places so i started where i knew people i started close to the university because i knew that i could rent to college kids i knew it was a desirable area and I started there because I, again, I just didn't want to pay rent and that was my best solution. I was living there at the time I was a senior in college and renting out that downstairs for $600 made it. So I only had to pay $138 on my mortgage each month. So that was the, the beginnings. Okay. All right. So from there, you mentioned going obviously to your next property at 23. Um, so I guess we'll just jump into it because, uh, it's obviously going to be part of the uh, description is the, uh, the, the the guy who bought the crack house on eBay. Um, how did that uh, how did that story or how did that uh, uh, situation happen? And, uh, and and why did it happen? I guess so, that's a good question. So that well. one was a little later. The 23 one was just a dud because I bought it at the wrong time. I bought it in 2005 and it fell a ton in value in 2008 and 2009. Um And then I sold it after it was just, I didn't have a team in Cleveland. The crack house came when I went back to Toledo, Ohio. I was familiar with the zip code. I actually lived in it. I was not familiar Mm -hmm. with the street and I'll never forget after I purchased it and I was turning off the highway, I realized I bought it on the wrong side. And as I pulled up, it was just one of those that was a whole lot rougher than what I thought it was. I was sitting at work down in Texas. I had a friend go and drive by it while I was bidding on it. And I had already Mm -hmm. won it by the time she was walking around the building. Oh, So it was one of those that I didn't do my homework and I got emotional and I started bidding. And when someone else outbid me, I should have just let them take this house. But I didn't. I just kept bidding. Um, I bought it for $13,500. And I think I put around 26 to 28 into it, which basically outpriced me for that okay. neighborhood. But yeah, it worked out okay. I ended up doing a owner finance sale to the long-term tenant that I had in it. So it worked out in the long run. It wasn't a money pit, but it was one of those that okay. took lots of years of work and lots of trouble over those years to get it sold think we lost you paul yeah well obviously yeah sounds like yeah sounds like you did the uh you know the um, i guess the financial you know the financial the all the numbers you did all that uh again probably to the point where you felt comfortable but then of course the uh uh 
the location of it, of course, was was a gamble. But clearly, as you mentioned, the the one that didn't go so well, and and that's anybody who's listening. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to have um, jumped in the pool of, of real estate to understand these conversations. You don't. Um, you could learn just as much from being, you know, on the side and 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 maybe in your early 20s, and you know, like you were, like I was, um, just being sort of, you know, wide, you know, uh, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed about the whole process. Um, but it does help to obviously, you know, have the, the, the years of experience that you have uh, in investing. So uh, I guess the question I've never even asked you online was, um, have you ever been yourself in real estate, like as a realtor, or is it strictly as an investor? Uh, strictly as an investor. And I do, like right now I'm working on a deal that it's a buy owner deal. So I wrote up the contract. I wrote up all the agreements. Um, I did take my real estate class classes. I never got licensed here in Texas. Um, so I am not a realtor, but I, um, am very familiar with the process after doing it 20 plus times. And, uh, I feel comfortable in that arena. I've just never gotten the license. Yeah. No, no, no. And that, and that's the, the thing for me about, you know, doing a, a leaders and influencers podcast is that um, some of the more fascinating discussions I'm having uh, over the years is with people who are sort of on the uh, outside of the world, so to speak, not not outside of real estate, because again, as you as you probably you know, as you said yourself, you know the clauses, you know what you're signing, uh, you've done it enough times now where it's all pretty much you know standard, I guess. In, in again, because you mentioned that you're you're in Texas, you live in Texas now, or you or you or you live in Texas the whole time. Um, so I've been in Texas since 2009. I got a job right out of college with a movie theater company they moved me here or i'm sorry 2006 is actually when i moved here i bought my first property in texas in 2009 and um i have been in texas since and i spend the majority of the time here my favorite time to go house hunting in ohio is in the summer because texas is so unbearable to be in ohio just is amazing <laughs> yeah, i've heard that i've heard that yeah wow okay so basically yeah the um yeah so the um, the, the process obviously took you, you know, through there. You've obviously had your, uh, you know, you sort of, you, you've had your, your ups and downs of, of uh, you know, of, of learning the process. Um, so I guess the, 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 the thing, of course, again, and this is stuff that I'm learning, again, as, as you know, as you're tweeting and you're talking about uh, your, your journey. And, of course, again, and, and one of the best stories I've read so far is the, is the movie theater uh, story, obviously you're working at the movie theater and you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned the first job you said was your $8 an hour job. Um, I, I fondly remember my first $4 25 cents job per hour at the pizza store. Um, just, a not too far away from where I still live. Um, and, uh, you know, at the time I, I was, uh, you know, I was, for me, I was actually working for food because, um, at that age, at 14, my appetite was through the roof. I was playing sports, and, you know, you're just at that age where you can pretty much eat everything and it doesn't stick. So <laughs> it was a free pizza. Okay, fine. You're going to pay me too? That's that's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, so you obviously started with doing that, and, of course, you you know, you've built up your investments over the years. Uh, so is there anywhere else that you um, have also invested in, any other states, cities, countries? So um, I would – 
go out of the country. Absolutely. And I am right at that point where I'm ready. Uh, but I have not picked the country. I would love to get into Canada, but as everyone in Canada knows that it's just out of my price range at this time. Um, so I have bought it's, it's out of Cleveland most people's price range who are here. <laughs> so it'll I, probably and, be the same for why, you, but even already that way. I love having conversations with investors because you can get into Ohio a whole lot less than anywhere in Canada. So, and they're always floored yeah. by when I tell them prices and, and what I collect in rent and that it, it's just uh, night and day. So I would that's, love to get there. That's but what I don't started our conversation is, is those numbers just are, 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 you know, are fascinating to me because even in 98, when I bought my first house in Toronto and this was a cheap number, it was 140,000. That was a pretty low number. I don't think there was an option for the, the stuff that I've seen you post, like 50000 or 20000 Because uh, if there was, I mean, I probably w I'll, I'll say it now in, in my hindsight, whatever. Uh, I should have bought two, but uh, um, there wasn't that option. So for me, that was, you know, that was the case in the, in the late 90s. Um, so definitely, I can see why you're staying where, you know, where you know, and of course, where you can uh, repeat that formula that works for you so well. I, um, the, the prices fell quite a bit in Dallas as well. And last year when I was moving, I found a notebook from 2021 that I was using to track deals. And I was floored when I was putting in some of these prices, um, or, or putting in these addresses now and seeing what they sold for. And there was one in my notebook that was 13,000 back in 2011. And it was like, um, $299,000. And I'm like, I can't believe that you didn't buy this. And it was a little heartbreaking finding that notebook. So we had lots of opportunities in Texas and Ohio at the time. So I stuck with Texas cause I was here and I was building a team here. And then I kind of got priced out of Texas in 2018. And that's why I actually bought that crack house in Ohio not knowing that it was a crack house at the time. And when I say crack house, I just need to say we had fresh bullet holes in the windows. We had people constantly coming, trying to buy product. And um, there was a drug deal. There's a side lot on it. And there was a drug deal while my contractor was upstairs. And the um, one of the guys got shot in our backyard and we had to call the, the police. So it was it was a much rougher area than what I'm comfortable with. So I, I always get that question on, how did you know it was a crack house? I'm like, well, we had people trying to come buy product. We had drug deals going on. Uh, we, we know what it was. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, we had yeah. lots of opportunities in, in Texas and they have disappeared now as Texas popularity has grown. So that's how I ended up back in Ohio and buying deals. So I would eventually like to branch out, but... I get stuck where I'm comfortable, where I understand the laws and know how to, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in Texas and Ohio. And when I go outside or get approached about a different deal, it's just fully understanding the pros and cons of going to that country or to that state. And that's where I get stuck, but I will move forward. Cool. Cool. Okay. So, yeah. So one thing I wanted to do, of course, again, what I always sort of hope to do with um, these discussions is because before I even decided to try doing this, and for me, it's still, you know, a work in progress. I'm still learning. I'm still listening, trying to listen more than I'm speaking. Um, those are the best podcasts for me is where the stories sort of 
go into another realm and, and, and sometimes completely off topic. And, and, and for that reason, um, it doesn't, it doesn't sort of fit the, the box, so to speak, of a, of a boring podcast. Um, so for you, obviously, I know a lot of the things that you do are, are educational. So a lot of the things that you talked about, are, of course, are, uh, you know, when you hit the millionaire mark at, your, at the age that you did. Um, so I guess what I'll say is, and I was trying to figure out how to ask this, but, and maybe you've already answered this one in other interviews or, or other media, but what would be the advice that you would give 20-year-old Tom? If you could go back and because because I know I would have loved to have given myself advice because I, I got uh, I got terrible advice just from a terrible guy didn't 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 care at all just I was I was you know whatever it is around the edges um, so what would you say as far as uh, giving yourself just because it, it makes it more real rather than just an imaginary person uh, knowing, you know, knowing who you were. So what would you say as far as 20 um, year old Tom or 20 year old Paul or 20 year old Mike out there um, going through what's going on I, in the world right now thinking, you know what, I might, I might want to do that. Uh, what, 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 what do you think you might say if you sort of had that chance? When I look back, um, I, when I bought the first property in Texas, it was like night or day. It was 2009. The rules had changed. It was a lot of scrutiny and that was a sort of financial trauma. And then when I started buying again in 2010, 11, 12, 13, I was always buying in cash and I was afraid to leverage, even though I had the money and I had the job history. So if I could go back in time, I would talk myself into taking on a little bit of risk and not let that 2009 incident with that bank hold me back. Cause just after that, I was like, well, if I'm buying it, I'm buying it in cash and I'm going to make enough cash to buy it. So I really passed on some great opportunities. These houses in the sixties, seventies, $80,000 range, because I was afraid to go to a bank and I knew I could afford this $22,000 condo over here or this townhouse that had pipes broken, but I stayed away from larger projects early on just because of the fear that happened in 2009 with the underwriting process and the scrutiny that went into that. And I just wasn't used to it because when I did the first one at 21 and then the next one at 22, 23, it was a very different process. So I know I passed on a lot of great stuff and I know that I could have, you know, jumped ship a lot earlier. That's a tweet that I love to do a lot is I hung out two extra years at my job because of self-doubt, not because I needed to make the extra money. And yeah. looking back on it, I wish I would have jumped ship in 2019 when I originally put in my notice, but I, I hung out and I stayed there the extra two years um, till till January of 2022. And I just did a, a tweet a couple days ago last month between what I put into and in, uh, my investments, meaning my stocks and bonds, and what I put into savings, I put $4,000 away after all my bills was paid. So it was just one of those self-doubt that I had that little demon in my head saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And sometimes you just got to take a leap of faith. And I am so happy that I gave myself that permission this year to leave my job and and dive into this fully. I've been able to buy five properties this year. I just wrote up a contract for a, a fourplex um, just a few days ago. So 
if I stayed at that job, I would have probably bought one, maybe two properties this year. So it was my own self-doubt that really held me back. Well, you know what? I, and I would say this, Tom, and this is the thing that I, 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 I feel that there's some parallels in terms of our stories, because for me, 2000, the year 2000 is when I became a realtor, but I didn't jump in full time. I mean, I was, but I was also still working. My other job was in the fitness industry. I was in the gym business for 10 years, uh, and I wasn't ready to let go. And it's not what, it's not that I wasn't um, ready, but I think it was just a matter of – and it sounds maybe like we, we have the same thing where um, if you did let go too early, you might not have a safety net. Um, and I know for me – and maybe we're on the same page there. I don't know, but if uh, if you know if you leave a job a little bit sooner, like you know you you, you want you, you don't want to overstay your welcome. And of course, uh, I wanted my career to take off, you know, to the moon. But um, you just never know when it's going well, especially when you're young. You remember that twenty one, like self doubt. Um, it's it's I think it's part of your DNA till I don't know when. It's, it still feels like it's there now in my forties. But um, it sounds like, yeah, you, you held on maybe a little bit longer than you would have um, done. But my, my guess is that, you know, three years from now, you'll probably say, you know what? I'm glad I did. I guess that's just how that rear view mirror thing works in life that you look back. And, it, um, and I didn't make this saying up, but I, I repeat it regularly even to my kids this week. I, me I mentioned it that uh, – uh, are you familiar with uh, Joe Walsh of the Eagles? Yes. Yeah, uh, whether you're a fan or not, that's not really the point. But um, in their documentary, one of the quotes that he has, I believe it's a, it's a quote from somebody else, but he basically says, while you're going through life, everything seems like a random occurrence. All these planets are bumping into each other. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, and then you look back a little bit later, and it, it looks like a finely crafted novel. And I'm not sure if I can say that for myself. I don't, I'm not sure if any, that makes any sense to you. But I do find that a lot of the stuff that we go through, even the bad stuff, and I've had uh, in my own investments, I had to learn the lesson of um, even before technology helped with credit checks and whatnot, um, uh, I had somebody move in and uh, give me uh, an alias, you know, fake name, um, change a whole bunch of numbers. And this was in the, I guess, early 2000s when it wasn't that hard to do. Um, and that, that cost me three months of uh, a lot of pain and torture because, um, again, at the time, I didn't have six months of, of extra payments put away. That that wasn't even in my head. I wasn't uh, told about that, and I, and I didn't learn about that until later. So, um, yeah, it sounds to me like, again, your experiences uh, probably are, you know, what got you where you are now, including Absolutely. the crack I, I mean, <laughs> when, you, when you were yeah. just talking about that, like I, I remember those first couple of bounce checks that I got in the mid two thousands and the, the, pit, the, the feeling in the stomach. Did, did you get that? Oh yeah. I needed that, that $600 fear. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we live and we learn and we don't make that mistake again. And that's always my goal when I do this or I mess up or I buy a crack house. I know I'm not going to buy another crack house now. I know that's real down. And I know, you know, I, I made a lot of money when I bought a hoarder house in Dallas in 2020, but it was so draining that I don't know that I would buy another hoarder house because of the process 
and what the toll that it took on me. And, and as I emptied part of the conditions of the sale were I had to find three items. So I didn't want to have just anyone in that house emptying it. I had to find these three items and return them to the seller um, and make sure oh, that yeah. they didn't get thrown away. And I, I found all three items. So that was me there every weekend emptying and making sure that I got those items returned to them. So we live and we learn. We don't make the same mistakes again. That's really the key is don't do it again. And I will not buy every time someone asks me about buying a house in Cleveland. I'm like, I lost $22,000. I'm not doing that again. And I know there's some great deals <laughs> there that I've passed on, but I've, yeah. I've learned and I know it didn't work for me. And I don't even want to go back and try it again because I know it, it failed the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'd almost, I, I, again, weirdly enough, we've never talked about it, but I would almost say that the hoarder house story that I have, um, is also one that almost killed me just because of the fact that, um, it was probably the only sale in 20 odd years at that point that, um, that I had to, uh, I had to give up on, and and it's just because in this case it was uh, being lived in by these tenants, and and they were just not happy about any of this process. Um, there was not even an inch of space between the furnace and all the junk that was stacked up against it. Um, so, but you know, someone had bought it uh, in the hopes that they would leave, and in this particular case, this tenanted property, um, again, just li literally like put me right to the wall, pushed me against the wall, that, that, that feeling, that, that fear, that's just absolute, again, it, it, and it, and it happened in sports, but for some reason, um, there was always, um, you know, a, a, I guess a quicker ending <laughs> to a sports. There was always, you know, an hour or two at most where this fear or this, you know, this, this pit in your stomach, uh, would go away. But with business, it can go on for, as you know, if it's a deal that, you know, happened in March and it doesn't close until May, um, you know, that's 90 days of, of pure torture, which, uh, um, again, live and learn and, 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 you know, never all these other things that came up afterwards that I learned about the situation and, and the people involved. And of course, again, stuff that I would have not looked at, but there's also a point in, in the career. And I have said this before that, uh, you just don't know what the, um, you know, what the danger zones are, because um, you don't know enough to, uh, to, to be, you know, to be worried about, you know, this, this could happen. This is there's, the worst case scenario. There's so many unknowns when you buy that crack house or when you buy that hoarder house or when, you know, there's a lot of unknowns and I've bought foreclosures and I've had frozen pipes and I've had squatters and I've had evictions. So it's just, a lot of unknowns going into it. And it can be scary. And that's part of why I do coaching because I know for me, I would have liked some handholding at the beginning because I didn't know what to do or how to answer. And I didn't have that emergency fund. And I didn't, you know, I had, I remember on the second property, I had a hot water heater go out right after I bought it. And at the time, I think it was 900 or a thousand dollars for the water heater and the install. And I'm like, I don't have 900 or a thousand dollars to do this. So I think that, yep. yes, it is scary and, and you got to kind of get your ducks in a row and it's, I've learned by trial and error, but you don't necessarily have to do that going into it. You can go into it a little bit better prepared than, than I did. 
Well, no, and that's, that's, it's, that's great that you're bringing that up. So obviously I want to talk about how that works with you because, again, the fact that you're doing uh, coaching for people, of course, that's um, uh, something that when it's someone who's actually hands-on and who's actually been at the table uh, like you have many times you've been there. Um, so how does, uh, how does the coaching program work and, and, and how, do people, uh, how do people find out more about it if they, uh, if they want to reach out to you? I have um, a free intro session where we just talk, and typically um, during that intro session, I kind of talk through what your goals are and what you want to do and see how how and if I can help you and point you in that right direction. Um, it's booked right through my website, thefrugalgay.com. There's a free intro session. Um, if it moves over into an hour session, we would do deal analysis and look at different properties and see what makes sense and what doesn't. I just did one last night where we were ready and we were going to write on it and we could not get into the bottom unit because the tenant is not allowing access and the tenant's been given their three-day notice and they're starting an eviction on the tenant. And I just said to the client, I said, I've gone through this before and I've bought a property this way with this being your first property. I would not go this direction because we don't want that tenant ripping out the furnace. We don't want that tenant ripping out anything or putting holes in the walls. And if we can't get in there and do an inspection, I wouldn't do it. And I remember when I did it myself, we did wait for the eviction to be complete before we closed. But then we got into the unit and it was full of um, um, fleas. And it was not like a, you can bomb it and clean it up fleas. It took us three months of different um, termite or not termite, the um, Terminex and all the different um, companies coming in. And finally it was a local company that came in, they put, put it down and it took us vacuuming these wood floors over and over and over again for three months to get these fleas out of here. And I just said to my client, I'm like, I wouldn't sign up for that again. I made that mistake once. Let's go a different route. And that's part of what I do with the coaching. So I don't just share the stories, but I kind of steer you on your way. So you're not making that costly mistake because when you're starting out and this is your first rental, if you don't have rent coming in from that unit for three months, that can crush you. Like, you know, as, as when we started, it's expensive to maintain. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. And, that, and that's one thing I was hoping to just sort of um, uh, make sure that it was uh, discussed. And, and of course, uh, again, you do a brilliant job of this. And this is why, again, anybody that's following you on Twitter already knows, um, you know, how much detail you already, you know, provide for people. And that, that for me, uh, if it wasn't genuine, and if and if I, you know, and I didn't even have to know that you did this stuff for real, you can just tell. Um, when you've done it yourself a bunch of times, because there, there's, there's a bunch of people, uh, you know, on social media and, 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 you know, I guess they call them, you know, bad actors, uh, people who are, you know, sort of talking about the things that they've done. And you just know by either the, the way the, the descriptions are, or something about the stories that it isn't necessarily real, uh, cause there's just, there's either too much, um, there's either too much editing, um, or it's uh, or it's just such an unbelievable story that you know that you know this isn't really how. Uh, again, having dealt with a hoarder house, having dealt with you know uh, exploding appliances, having dealt with uh, you know water damage, all that kind of stuff, that mold, all the stuff that you know you sort of 
you have to sort of deal with a, as a homeowner, as an investor. Um, so I think that's, again, that's that's one of the best things I think that people can basically get. And I, I, again, other people have said this better than I have, but um, for me, um, between yourself and then there's a couple other people that are out there on Twitter, like literally it's 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 basically it's a university. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a good starting point for a lot of people, but, um, I definitely want this podcast to, of course, uh, uh, maybe help get the word out about what you do, of course, where you are. Uh, and of course, you know, maybe up here North, uh, of where you guys, uh, where, where you live up here in Canada as well, because, uh, I think, um, I, I think in past years from the NAR stats, I think in some, uh, in some years, we've had more people buying in uh, places like Arizona, places like Vegas, places like California. Uh, I, f- I forget if Ohio was on the list, but um, we've had in some years Canada being the highest number of foreign buyers uh, in certain states um, over the you know that last decade. I don't, or I guess details, but it's something like that. So uh, I'm hoping, uh, you know, my fellow Canadians that are, um, you know, listening, they, they might reach out to you. So what would be, again, uh, I guess that the website is the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. I'm, I'm on all of them. Um, so you can shoot me a DM if you just have a one-off question. You can shoot me an email through the website. It's thefrugalgay.com, thefrugalgay.com. And uh, you can even, if you don't want to ask me a question, wait till the session. There's a booking link on there for the, f- the free session. And um, you can type questions into the booking link so I can be prepared for our meeting. And, yeah, that's, that's where I am and what I'm doing. Well, that's, again, that's really wonderful, Tom. And, again, from a standpoint of someone that, again, just connected with you over Twitter, which for some weird, magical reason uh, since I signed up, which was way back in the black and white days of Twitter, back in 2009, um, and it's literally just because a client of mine took the time to explain to me what it was, and at that point I had just thought that it's basically people talking about what they ate for lunch. At, at that point, that's all I saw people doing on Twitter, and I'm like, uh, I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk about my tuna sandwich. It's not that interesting to me. So who's going to want to hear me talk about it? So he explained it to me, and right after that, it's like, okay, I guess I should just talk about stuff that I'm interested in. Um, you know, a lot of my posts are music. A lot of my other posts are real estate, Monopoly-related. Um they're all over the map, and the conversations that come out of those um, have been absolutely incredible. So uh, I hope people reach out to you through there because you've been, you know, really great about communicating with me. You haven't even, uh, you know, given me any you know, issues about reaching you or, or, or sitting down like this, uh, except for my own technical uh, difficulties on this end uh, with a, a new podcast studio, uh, which is, again, going to be a little bit of a learning a curve, but there's not much else to do here in the winter in Canada, so I might as well uh, figure out if this is going to work, and if not, uh, on to the next, uh, on to the next one. So, thanks so much for your time today, Tom. I really appreciate you joining me, and um, hopefully, you'll uh, come back maybe in the new year, and we'll uh, talk about what you're doing then. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Okay. Wonderful. Thanks again, Tom. No problem. Have a great day. You too. See you later. I didn't even know about Monopoly. You didn't even, we mean, you know about it. Play it?